Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. It's been a while since I've gotten a question, actually. Um, Thanks for stopping by for today's episode... Nelson Velazquez update and some Arizona Phil gems. And here we go. Um, I'm going to talk about Nelson Velazquez bit in the second half. I'm going to kind of, what, what's the term? Split your, split your imperative? Split your, you know, you, you have the, either you know what I'm talking about or I don't. And some of you are yelling at your phone. Um, one of the terms that gets used quite often when talking about prospects is the player's limit or the player's peak. For instance, uh, let's say you have a player who's at a certain level he's done well what's the best he this guy could possibly be a back end of the rotation starter nothing better that's all that's the best he can ever possibly be that to me that's what a limit is i look at my ceiling i've been in this house since 1988 the ceiling it's still there hasn't moved hasn't budged maybe it sunk a little bit when there's the earthquake back a while ago but no no it's still exactly where it is Ceilings stay where they are. I don't like the concept of the ceiling because a ceiling is solid. You're not going to break through a ceiling. So I really don't like the idea of a ceiling. Uh, let, let's say you have a child who is born and you take it to a, an expert on how large is this child possibly going to be? You know, kids like 14 inches now. How big is he possibly going to be? The expert does his you know, assessments and he measures it. And how big is the parents? How big are they? And all this and all this. This child will never grow over six foot four. Well, he turns out to be six foot six. The expert was wrong. I, When someone asks me what is a player's ceiling, I run away from that like it's a bomb. Because if I say his best case scenario is number four starter he ends up being a number two starter or a perennial (coughs) all-star i was wrong needlessly there was no point in me answering that question limits are silly but i just remembered a term that i love and I haven't used it in a couple decades. And it applies perfectly in a whole bunch of different baseball scenarios. A whole bunch of different baseball scenarios. From batting averages to earned run averages to OPS to prospects. The concept is the relative maximum and the relative minimum. Relative maximum and relative minimum. You do any sort of a chart. Goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down, goes way down, comes a bit back up, goes down, then goes way back up. 
That's how things work. They go up and they go down. Then they go up and they go down. And whenever you have a situation where it was going up and now it's going down, when it goes from up to down, that's a relative maximum. When it goes from down to up, that's a relative minimum. Relative maximum, relative minimum. So you can have a hitter who hit, OPS is 840. Pretty good number, depending upon what the league's average is. But let's say his high OPS for the season was 1007. And his low OPS, and we're, we're throwing out the first 30 at bats to get, you know, some sort of a legitimate time frame going on. 1007 and his low was 0.514. Now, anytime you're going to have that, you're going to have ups and downs, ups and downs. Same things with earned run averages. Ooh, guy had a bad, bad, bad day. His ERA dropped, uh, his ERA went up. He had a good day. His ERA went down. Relative maximum and relative minimum. Relative maximum, I'm pulling this off of Google. I'm not doing a whole lot of research on it. Either you get it or you don't. Relative maximum point is a point where the function changes direction from increasing to decreasing, making that point a peak in the graph. In the graph. Graph, not graphed. Similarly, relative minimum point is where the function changes direction from decreasing to increasing. So when you have a player who, based on your current information, probably won't be any better than a number four starter. Okay, I'm completely good with that. That seems to be an informational relative uh, an informational relative maximum point. See how that works? Informationally based relative maximum. Now, the next off season, if he adds three or four miles per hour to his fastball, then you're going to change your adjustment. Why? Because the information changed. His peak didn't change. His peak didn't change. His peak was exactly what it had always been. First ballot Hall of Famer, until that's no longer the case. A person is always a legitimate threat until they are no longer a legitimate threat, in which case they are no longer a legitimate threat. Now I'm going to get to the Arizona piece, Arizona Phil piece today. Fantastic. One of the days in the baseball calendar that a lot of people look past. People will look at the Rule 5 draft in the offseason. Um, let's see. Occasionally, some people will look at the Rule 5 submission date deadline, which this year is November 19th because of the calendar instead of November 20th. One of the days people sometimes forget or disregard is the December 2nd deadline. And I'm going to just read from Arizona Phil because Arizona Phil stuff is so fantastic. I, mean, I might as well just read it. He'll, he'll say it better than I will. Uh, the best thing about non-tendering a player on December 2nd is it's the one day each year when a club can remove a player from its major league roster 
without having to risk losing the player off of waivers. I'm going to stop right here. That's what I think Kansas City did that twice. Well, they did at least once with Frank Schwindel. Um, you know, I said, oh, we have this guy, but we're not going to hang. We want to keep him around, but we don't want to keep him on the roster, etc., etc., etc. Unfortunately, players cannot be non-tendered to open up slots on the 40-man roster for players eligible for the for selection in the Rule 5 draft. That's because the only day of the year when a player can be non-tendered is December 2nd. And the roster filing deadline for players eligible for selection in the 2021 Rule 5 draft is November 19th. So November 19th is the day that you have to have the filings in by. And December 2nd is the day that you can non-tender players to try to keep them around off the roster, etc., etc., etc. whole bunch of really good stuff. I could talk forever on this. Arizona Phil goes through it very well, details every single player on the roster as far as what can be done, what can't be done. Can they declare themselves a free agent? Would they declare themselves a free agent, etc., etc., all the way on down the line? All I've been doing a 40 man roster coin flip series on Bleed Cubby Blue. And why is my phone running down this quickly? It should not be. Um, excuse me, that has nothing to do with the Cubs, but uh, it was confusing. Went from 14 to 12 in like 35 seconds. Now it went down to 10. Okay, yeah, that seems right. Um, so yeah, go, go to the Cub Reporter and read Arizona Phil's article. What Arizona Phil talks about is almost always worth reading and certainly is in this case. Um, okay, there we go. Now it's down to seven. Now it's down to six. I think it's reloading now though. Huh, go figure. Um, so yeah, he, he recounts, you know, from Zach Davies to Robinson Chirinos to Trace Thompson to Michael Hermosillo, what's going to happen with whom. So if you're at all remotely interested in the machinations of what all can possibly happen on December 2nd, uh, read the article. It's a bit lengthy, but it's certainly worth reading You'll learn something. I learn things, and um, <laughs> I do the podcast. Uh, trying to provide content through the winter, both on Bleed Cubby Blue, on the podcast, on Patreon. If I'm doing a good job, one of the ways to do that is to contribute. Hey, maybe you're, you, you think that what I do is only worth five dollars forever well then log on join up chip in a buck for five months then cancel i've had people cancel on me before and i was upset for a while but then i realized you know what if they need their money 
badly enough so that they're going to cancel my podcast, I'm glad they canceled. If I'm doing a bad job of servicing them on my efforts, then I don't deserve their money. If I do deserve money, it'll be there. If I don't, well, that's the same question, same answer. Um, if you think I'm doing a good job, good enough to get supported, feel free to support me. If you don't, thanks for listening to the podcast. Okay, now, remember how I was talking about relative maximum and relative minimum? Let's roll back our collective clocks to hmm, where we want to roll it to. Um, March... Early March, early March, early March of 2020. Rolling the clock all the way back to early March 2020. I don't know if any of you can still remember that far back. But we're rolling our mental clocks back to early March of 2020. Early March of 2020. What was your ceiling for Nelson Velazquez. What was your ceiling for Nelson Velazquez? You know that thing that he will never be able to go through because it no, no I'm not talking about his relative maximum or his relative minimum. I'm talking about his ceiling, that thing that he will never be able to break through. I tell you what, for most people, it wasn't as high as it is now. Nelson Velazquez was absolutely incendiary at the start of the Arizona Fall League. Last week, Nelson Velazquez was named Arizona Fall League Hitter of the Week. Incidentally, pitcher Caleb Killian was named Arizona Fall League Pitcher of the Week. So the Mesa Solar Sox slash Chicago Cubs had a sweep. Nelson Velazquez and Caleb Killian both hauling home honors that would be last week. Last week has nothing to do with this week. So let's march forward to this week. Let's march forward to today. The Mesa Solar Sox played the... Was it Glendale Desert Dogs? I, I, I'm not even remembering who it is. The, the Desert Dogs. Nelson Velazquez, one for four, two runs scored, drew a walk, hit a home run. Right field, uh, yeah, oppo talk, uh, oppo, uh, opposite field homer. Uh, right fielder took about four steps and said, nah, I'm not even going to bother. Um, and you flip it over to the pitching side. Caleb Killian. Four innings, two hits, no walks, four strikeouts. Ryan Jensen on in relief for Killian. Four innings. Six hits, three runs, three earned, three walks, no strikeouts. But Jensen ended up getting the win as the Solar Sox dumped him a three-run inning after he gave back two. And it was a 7-4 to four final. Uh, toss in. Andy Weber went, uh, drew two walks and has an OPS out in the desert of 1009. Nelson Velazquez wasn't complacent enough to settle for a one-home-run game 
with a walk and two runs scored. He also had two outfield assists. One of them, remember he was in right field, was a runner getting shot down at third base. Nice running catch, spins, rifles, throws, out. Nelson Velazquez is doing things. I have my prospect list around somewhere, and he's down to 26, 27, 28 range. I think that's probably a little bit low. I don't know that I'm going to update it before I update it. That doesn't make sense, but yet it does. Um, Nelson Velasquez is doing things. I think a couple people are probably starting to put the cart a little bit before the horse on Velazquez. I saw someone today, I hope they were joking, saying 2022 starting right fielder. No, that's not quite going to be how it works, probably. There's going to be a whole lot of labor wrangling that goes on between now and then, and we'll just have to see how things play out. Um... About all I know of is the players that are not going to be on the 40-man roster are going to be playing sooner than the players. Well, the players that aren't on the 40-man roster might well be playing before the players who are on the 40-man roster. I'll phrase it that way. Normally, it works the other way. The major leaguers start their camp first, then the minor leaguers go. I think it might go a little bit different. Actually, I'll just throw this in. I wonder if they'll start the minor league camps a bit early if there's lockout. Because, um, why not? You know, you'll have the extra coaches. You'll have all the space. I, The managers, the coaches, aren't with the Major League Players Union, necessarily. Some of them probably are. Some of them probably are because they were back in the day. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of the coaches are coming in. Eh, I don't know how that'll work. But you'll certainly have the entire, you won't have the major league coaches probably, but you will have all the minor league coaches. If you have all the minor league coaches and all the roving instructors, you can get a whole lot more instruction done and you can tack on two weeks. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see minor league spring training start a little bit earlier this year if the major leaguers aren't going to. I'd also be not at all surprised to see, um, Teams wrangling for college tournaments if there's going to be a strike, if there, if the lockout is going to endure for a while. But yeah, um, Nelson Velazquez is having an incredibly good 2022. And the further up he's gone, the better he's done. He did well in South Bend, got promoted to Tennessee, did better in Tennessee, Got promoted to the Arizona Solar, the Mesa Solar Sox, and he did better there. And I was reading an article somewhere, 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 somewhere. He was commenting part of why he is doing better is because in 2020, he took it for serious. He didn't slack. He didn't relax. He decided, okay, now I'm going to get better. I, It's going to be me or not me. It, it's going to be all on whether I do it or not, and I'm going to see to it that I do it. Something along those lines. He said it more delicately than I blundered through it. Huh. Here's interesting. Desert Dogs, looking at the box score. Desert Dogs, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 guys in your roster. Uh, and your starting lineup today. 10 guys in your starting roster. 
including Cody Hosey, who I really like. Um, they have one player with an OPS of 1,000, one with a 993, one with a 979, and then nobody else over 870. They have three guys over 870 on 10. Mesa Solar Sox, their top five guys in the batting order, have an OPS over 1,000. And the ninth hitter has one at 975. The other three are 776, 772, and 762. So that's some good offense. I don't know Mesa's pitching, but, but hey, they're a first-place team. That's the important thing. First place team, 8-8, eight and eight, and they also have a two-game division lead. Interesting thing with the um, Arizona Fall League, when they have wins-losses shown, they don't include ties. If a game goes 10 innings and is tied after 10 innings, it goes down as a tie, except they don't write tie. So if you're, you know, uh, nine wins... Seven losses and two ties, your nine wins and seven losses. The two ties just completely disappear, which is absolutely a stupid way of doing things. Um, read the Arizona Phil article. Read, uh, read stuff on Nelson Velazquez. I saw something coming out on Nelson Velazquez. Uh, Trevor Huth is going to have something coming out soon on Nelson Velazquez. Um, whether you're more into the personal story kind of thing or whether you're more into the analytics thing, um, I kind of get a little bit out of both of them once in a while. Uh, sometimes they're kind of garbage either way, but my, my thought for the day is if Nelson Velazquez had a ceiling in March of 2020 and he has exceeded that ceiling the word ceiling should not be being used. I would go with a relative maximum or a relative minimum, or if you want to throw in informationally based relative maximum and relative minimum. Yeah, it kind of garbles it up a little bit, but it makes perfectly clear. And I really, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm just guessing, which is the point. We don't know. You can look at a player's numbers in, for instance, low A ball and guesstify what he's going to do. Normally I say guesstimate. I like guesstify. Uh, you can guesstimate or guesstify what he's going to do, but that's all you're doing. There is nothing that tells you what the absolute best a player can ever possibly be is. And the worst they could possibly be is they have a season-ending, a, a career-ending injury. That's how it works. You know, if a guy has a career-ending injury, crap, that's horrible. But you don't know what a player's maximum is. You don't know what a player's minimum is. You watch, you learn, you're patient, hopefully. And as things go along, you try to learn things. At least that's how that's the way I like to do it. Thanks for stopping by. I'll have another podcast up soon, relatively soon. And I hope you'll get something out of that one. I hope you got something out of this one. Be sure to read the Arizona Phil article. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Wednesday.